Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. As we welcome you to Orchard Park with two minutes left in a four-point game. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. Thought that might be boner-inducing there, Charge. Oh, I, I'm not sick of hearing it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm still buzzing. I'm still buzzing with this. It's this is when sports are great. Say, yeah, no. This I, is this, this is, is what makes all the torture worth it. Are for moments like this. Exactly. So I figured a little Prince to start us off today with my yeah, man Charge. Yeah, it's it is no coincidence that he called this song Purple Rain. It's it is a good time to be a fan of the purples, Abe. All right, let's not, as they said in Pulp Fiction, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. <laughs> Eight and one starts nice. Not that we were going to do that. Not that there's anything wrong with that per se. If that's the way you swing, uh, you know, uh, have fun in life. We no judgment zone there. But anyway, uh, the. Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings game, the game of the year so far in the National Football League, but we got eight glorious weeks left, so we shall see. It ain't going to be topped. I don't know how you get better than this, Zabe. <laughs> I mean, it, this this thing, it had everything. It had 
come from behind. It had miracles, miracle plays, miracle outcomes. The Vikings could have lost at so many different junctures of that game and somehow managed to pull it off for a team that, you know, is always on the other side of this stuff. I, and I, I just can't see, I can't see any game topping the miracle finish of this game, especially when you factor in maybe the greatest clutch catch in the history of regular season football. Right. Uh, we are talking about which was the greatest catch in NFL history. Is it the David Tyree helmet catch? Is it the Edelman catch? Is it the Odell Beckham Jr. catch? Is it uh, Antonio Freeman, he did what? Or Randy Moss, he did what? I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of different catches through the years. There are. There are. Um, but here's what makes this one. The reason you can make a case for Justin Jefferson's catch is the greatest, the greatest at least regular season catch of all time is because of these factors here. It's fourth and 18. At the at the end of the game, if you know, don't if you do not catch this, the game is over. Period. End of conversation. So game on the line. So that's item number one. Item number two. Unlike say Odell Beckham or even David Tyree's catch, this was fully defended. Those were non-defended catches. The oppo- the defender had two hands on the ball. Well, wait a minute. Tyree was defended. Rodney Harrison tried to get it out of his hands. But his helmet to ball tensile strength was too strong. All right, thank you. I had forgotten. I had forgotten there was a defender on him in that play. Odell had nobody on him in okay. that in his catch. Right. right. Uh, he had a guy. There was a cowboy falling down in the picture. I would say that Beckham's <laughs> in was the frame? most. It was in frame. Yes, but he was on okay. his back. The cowboy defender was on his back. I would say that the Beckham catch was the most purely artistic for how he looked with his body arching backwards. But anyone who knows the modern state of wide receiver gloves knows that they are so sticky, so tactile, that a big, strong athlete can haul it in with one hand. It'll stick to your hand. It will, but that's, again, what makes Jefferson's catch so unique is your defender's wearing the same gloves, and he's got two hands on the ball. That is true. at, At high point... Justin Jefferson, speaking of the arched back, is almost parallel to the ground. He has leaped so far up and backwards behind himself. It was not a great pass from Kirk that he's got to make a, it's already a circus high point, one hand on the ball catch, and he's got to pull that in. But that's not, all of those things are not even the greatest point of all of this. The great point of this catch as we Zabruder film this thing is at the ground where Jefferson's got it in one hand, the ball heading to the ground, and he was able to keep control of the ball and not let it hit the ground was as amazing as any part of that play. That took uh, the skill and the ability on that was off the charts, 99 out of 100. I don't know how you get better than 100 out of 100. I don't know how you get any better than that. All right, here is your Edelman catch, Super Bowl. Atlanta up 28-20, two minutes, 28 seconds to go. It's first down and 10, Patriots at their own 35. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, and they're saying it's a catch. 
And we'll get another look at this. Alford knocked it up into the air, and let's see who comes down with it. I mean, the, the Edelman catch was amazing because he, he comes back for it after it being tipped and yes. has it in his hands and then opens his hands briefly and the ball then suspends in the air an inch or two off the turf and then he regathers it. All while the high-definition cameras zoom on in. It was the right call in real time, which, by the way, NFL referees make almost all the time anyway. And even <laughs> when, and, and then when they don't make the right call, like the face mask on Dallas yes. Goddard on Monday night, you can't, you can't, can't do anything about it. it. They can't. So they can't review that part of it. It's ridiculous. That part yeah. is so stupid. If if you go to review and there is a penalty you missed on camera, can't you call the freaking penalty? It's so dumb. You would that think. part. That part is ridiculous. Okay. How that about other ridiculous. great catches in NFL history? The Eagle fan who was catching babies out of a burning building and then found time <laughs> to the local news to throw shade at one Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> The fire trucks coming down the street, they was like in the far off distance or wherever, like that. Smoke started getting worse. Then I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up. And ironically, me and my, one of my, ex, my old co-workers took the ladder off the, off the truck, raised it up, and... And assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. And we was catching them. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps, I like to put that out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. Unlike Aguilar, not not Alshon Jeffrey. It was Nelson Aguilar. Nelson <laughs> Aguilar. Yeah, right. so they start, throwing, they start throwing babies. We catch them. Unlike Aguilar. <laughs> That's so ultimate. It's so great. And I want to throw that out there. And then remember his eye roll afterwards? <laughs> Oh, so fantastic! Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. That's, right. How about, and it's so Phil. It's so Philly fan, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes, it is. Uh, also, in the greatest catch department of all time, how about the Bear fan at Soldier Field who jumped off the railing to catch the extra point? Oh, got it! Got that. That's a classic here. Follow the ball as it goes up the tunnel. From the right side of your screen, watch this fella jump out of the stands into the tunnel. He appears to be at least 10 feet off the ground, if not more. This is a don't try this. No, don't try this. Watch this. There he goes, off into space. (laughs) He catches the ball, goes all the way down the tunnel. And folks, the guy's all right. He's back in his seat. <laughs> that is an epic moment. I had forgotten about that. What year? You forgot what that. What year huh? is this? I had oh, forgot about it, but shit. yes. Early 90s. I want, 95, mid 90s, 1995. It was. 1995. Now, for him to do that, what? The net wasn't in play? Did the, Were we using nets then? Yes. No, it was an extra point kicked over the net. So the ball it just, the- yeah, just cleared the net. And it was just close enough to the edge of the service tunnel at Soldier Field where they bring in all the big trucks and stuff. So it was a pretty high drop, a concrete wall, and he just gets up on the ledge and he jumps off. It makes sense that he was a roofer. So obviously falling from heights, <laughs> the heights he was used doesn't to it. fucking <laughs> phase him, right? All right. So I'm going to put the over under at 0.12. 
Uh, Blood alcohol level. Oh, right. Are you taking the over or the under? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That would be one. Uh, Also, didn't somebody, while we're talking greatest catches associated with the NFL but not really in a game, didn't somebody catch the Super Bowl trophy in Tampa when Brady almost dropped it into the water? It was another player. Yeah. Oh, it was another yeah. player. Yeah, they were throwing throw it around, it right? Boats. Yeah, they were throwing it between boats in Tampa Bay. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was, uh, funny that that was going to be like the key incompletion of Brady's career. If, oh, if, my uh, God. If it had gone in the drink, uh, that's great. Yeah. Now, remember, speaking of like, or this might here, be. Here it is right 90s? here. Wow, that was a pretty big toss yeah. from one boat to the other. I want to say it was at least 20 feet. Wow. All right, that's a good throw. Speaking of point one two, that was Brady at that moment. I mean, oh, Brady, yeah. You know, you, yeah, yeah, he was Brady, completely, completely, completely hammered. Absolutely so, hammered. Yeah. Now, do you remember, speaking of fans in the stands, you're old enough to remember Rainbow Wig Guy. Yes, uh, Rock and Roland was his name. That was his name. Did he get like a legal name change to Rock and Roland? Uh, let me get you the backstory. Do you know the story of Roland Frederick Stewart? No, I can't say well, I do. Although in. this is Rainbow Wig Guy, then I know it's Rainbow Wig Guy, and I know he had a run-in with the law. Yes. But that's well, about all I remember. Settle in for a Hedy Lamar-style story, Oh, judge. good. All right, bring and it on. now I'm, you're going <laughs> to the rest of the story. I'll try to go a lot quicker. Uh, Rock and Rollin' or Rainbow Man was a fixture in American sports culture in the 1970s and early 80s because he would always hold up a sign saying John 316. At mm-hmm. sporting events, and he wore a rainbow wig for uh, attention. Of course, he ended up being convicted of multiple kidnapping charges following <laughs> an incident in 1992 and is now serving three, count them, three life sentences oh. at Mule Creek State Prison in California. Oh, how three kidnappings? Oh, my yeah, God. He, uh, he was, uh, he'd become a born-again Christian, was determined to get the message out. Uh, John 316, uh, my scripture reference is not so solid, but I think it's about, you know, and God loved his, you know, loved so only son, blah, blah, blah. John 316, let me look that up. And so he ended up going sideways, probably on acid, uh, kidnapped some people and did some bad things. And they're like, yeah, rock and roll, and you're going to fucking jail for the rest of your life and then another lifetime just to be sure. Wow. That's, uh, I, I remembered that it ended with some, some, something bad, but I didn't remember it was that bad. Yeah. So the guy has, has the wherewithal to like travel around the country and find end zone seats to every game, get his sign in, put his rainbow wig on. And then he just flipped out at some point and, and what decided to kidnap three people at once, apparently. Uh, wow. Yes. He was not a serial kidnapper. It wasn't like, he was doing this once a year, and he fi- finally caught up with him. Stewart, Stewart was really arrested in 92 choice. after a standoff in an L.A. hotel. He had entered a vacant room with two men whom he had tried to recruit for a job. The men later fled the scene after he attempted to kidnap a surprised maid who then locked herself in the bathroom. Reportedly, Stewart believed that the rapture was due to arrive in six days. During uh-huh. the standoff, he threatened to shoot at airplanes taking off from nearby LAX and oh, covered God. the hotel room windows with John 316 placards. 
charged with eight wow. felonies, including three counts of kidnapping and hostage taking. He rejected a plea deal of 12 years in order to spread his message in open court. So, so he, seriously? He could have gotten 12 oh. years, and he's like, nah, fuck it, man. I got to spread the gospel of the Lord. Oh, that's got to be a, a massive amount of regret every day. He'd be out right now, I, right? I don't know. He'd be out now. I, of course he would. I don't know if he would. I don't know if he regrets it because um, he wanted because this. It, like some people, they need prison. They need it psychologically. They need the guardrails of the state penitentiary to keep them in line. They're fucking crazy. Screws Could he have done the insanity plea? It would have been pretty compelling. I mean, yes. that would have been the other angle, right? Is this yeah. guy's messed up, yeah. obviously. Yeah. For, God lo- for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 was a simpler time in sports where you could get easy tickets to front row events and be on television all the time. Now, not so much, right? Well, think of the Ticketmaster fees alone on that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, you know, yesterday on the podcast here, I was talking with Andy about things that blow you away when you try to explain them to young people. Like Super 70 Sports had the uh, tweet that said, tell your kids about when TV used to just end at the end of the day at 2 a.m. And you're like, yep, we'll be back and do this again tomorrow. We'll do it in the morning. Right? We'll, start, we'll start all over again. I, I said, give me some subjects, uh, things that you're like, you know what? What can you not believe that used to be a thing? Things your kids would not comprehend. I get, I, the one that, um, the one, there's been a couple with my, with my daughter, but one is corded phones. You'd be like, okay, we have one phone and it's on a cord, you know, you, and it's in the kitchen. And so if you want to take that call, you're taking it in the kitchen on a cord and the whole house is going to hear your half of that conversation. Right. Uh, And the busy and the concept of a busy signal. Well, you're right. Explain that too. (laughs) What's a busy signal? What do you mean busy signal? Which you kind of liked because you knew the person was at least home. And they or were on the phone. Somebody was home. Somebody yeah. was home, right? So you could then keep trying, keep trying until they got home. But it wasn't until yes. the early '80s that uh, answering machines became standard. So then right. every home had an answering machine, so you at least leave a message. Correct. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From uh, Brian Stanek in Indianapolis, Indiana, he says things your kids wouldn't believe from sports history. My 12-year-old daughter asked me about the distance of extra points in the NFL. As a soccer player, she was curious how far away they were taken. While I had noted in my response that they'd been recently moved back to 33 yards, I blew her mind when I added that way, way back in the day, the goalpost used to be on (laughs) the the goal line. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She just looked blankly at me and said, well, that's stupid. (laughs) Correct. She is 100% correct on that. You'd think there would have been endless numbers of injuries on the goalposts and eventually and and people throwing passes into the goalposts and using the goalposts as a pick and i i it's, it's astounding how long they, they played the game 50 years that way so. right now did you ever hear uh the lonesome kicker by adam sandler no because it's adam sandler i'm a i'm, a, I'm an adam sandler denier oh my god charge 
Or for, first of all, explain your denier status. Well, he is patently, objectively unfunny. I mean, I can scientifically prove how unfunny he is. Is he and, is he Dane Cook unfunny? It's a is different kind Kevin of unfunny. Hart unfunny. No, it's a different kind of unfunny. It's the and he it, he has the he has the acting range to play Adam Sandler, and that's it. Every single movie, whether it's The Water Boy or any other, and I know he's done some drama in the last ten years. Don't care. For what word he's known for, he's always the same guy. He has no acting range, and it's the same mugging for the camera over and over again, the same eye rolling. It's all the same crap, and it wasn't that funny the first time, and it didn't get better over time. Okay, fair enough. That's my Notice. case. If I may direct your attention, though, to the lyrics to this song, it, okay. was a, it, was a, it was a parody song he wrote about being a kicker in the NFL, which he dressed up in a Steelers uniform, and his name was, let me scroll to the bottom here. Uh, there's a funny-ass name. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, that, oh, God. Yeah, of course, a foreign. Oh, yeah, Andre Kristakovalich Lalinsky <laughs> Jr. The name That's was great. so long, you could barely fit it up. Andre Kristakovalich Alinsky Jr. But the song opens with, Me, I'm the Lonesome Kicker. Extra points, field goals at your service. One might think it comes with glory. You might think different after you listen to my story. My helmet is equipped with a tiny face mask. What it possibly could protect, I do not know. <laughs> the other guys on the team like to make fun of my little shoulder pads and hide the special shoe I need to kick in the snow. <laughs> People think it's so easy to kick a field goal from the 30-yard line, they forget to add seven yards for the snap and ten more because the goalposts <laughs> are pushed way back. In 1974, the uprights are right on the goal line, but some of the players are running into them and getting hurt, so screw the kicker. <laughs> Who cares about the kicker? Come on, Charge, you got to hear this. Just indulge me, okay? You might think different after you listen to my story. My helmet is equipped with a tiny face mask. <laughs> it's got a very Bruce Springsteen sort of anthem to it, you know? <laughs> I do not know. The way he jams in these complicated lyrics is hilarious. The other guys on the team like to make fun of my little shoulder pads. <laughs> Also like to hide the special shoe I need to kick in the snow. <laughs> I don't think anyone had special <laughs> snowshoes. People think it's so easy to kick a field goal from the 30-yard line. They forget to add seven yards for the snap and ten more goalposts are pushed way back. In 1974, the up rats were right on the goal line, but some of the players were running into them and getting hurt. <laughs> Screw the kicker. Who cares about the kicker? <laughs> but I kicked that ball and I pray it go straight. If it does, the goal says good job, number eight. He doesn't even know my name is Andre Christopher. <laughs>
All right, so there it is, Charge. At least you have now been exposed to it. That Thank you. To Alipa. Yes. So there you go on that. <laughs> <sighs> All right. God, by the way, he's one of like, I don't know, five notable celebrities that got his break on an MTV show called Remote Control, which I remember watching. It was a game show, comedy game show on MTV, and I'd come home from school in the 80s. And I would watch Remote Control, and that was his that was his launching pad. Colin Quinn also got his start on that show, and a couple Kari, others did too. Kari Werher. Were, yes, Werher, yes. Alicia Coppola, cute. Susan Ashley. Yes, nicely done. Well, I got, wow, Wiki- I got, Wiki- Googled it I got Wikipedia nicely open. Nicely done. How about the fact that Colin Quinn was on that show, who yes. became quite the raunchy comic? Now, you, you think he's funny, right, Colin Quinn? I like Colin Quinn. I've okay. heard some of his stand-up stuff, and I think it's pretty good. Okay. What about uh, how do you feel about Bill Burr? I think Bill Burr's girl. I don't love his political stuff, and I wish he didn't go that way as much, but I he, I think he's got a very good delivery, and he's dry, and I think he's funny as hell. Okay. Have you ever you like heard him? Uh, he's a bit harsh for me, and that's saying something because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a – I'm a lot harsh for a lot of people. <laughs> so if you're like, wow, he's too harsh for you, asshole, that's hard to believe. Uh, here's, here's how you do a Bill Burr impression. Sit down. Okay. Sit down. Shut up. Shut up. All right. Okay. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. Okay. All right. All right. Look. Okay. All right. Look. All right. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick, okay? I'm not. All right? I don't know. I don't want him Brooklyn is a little baggy, you know? Like resting NPR face, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that was a good joke. Okay, we have to fact check it though. We have to fact check it. Yeah, he's kind of got that thing to him, but uh, he, he's obviously very successful. I mean, sells out what? huge stadiums, Bill Burr does. Yeah, he, he does. He's doing arenas. Are are you saying that that wasn't him? That that was somebody that was somebody imitating him? Uh, that was not him. That was a comedian who I love, Tyler. Fisher, I believe his name is, who does this incredible Fauci impression. Really? Oh, okay. You, <laughs> you never heard? I've of, never heard of this guy. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy during the pandemic uh, was great because he really had, you know, Fauci nailed. Say, even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house especially in the shower, because, frankly, (laughs) droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them (laughs) with COVID through the anus. Ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening but probably not <laughs> i'd laugh harder but it would pisses me off so i don't want to yeah, yeah, like i hear you i hear you that's yeah. uh now who's the best stand-up comic working today you got to see if you can see one person in an in a regular comedy venue, because I think the arena saps the life out of some comedy. A regular comedy <sighs> venue, you can see one active person doing a today's set. You can't pick George Carlin. I need somebody active today doing a current set. I don't really have them at the tip of my tongue. I there are some comics that I'm like 
wow, this guy consistently makes me crack up. Do you know who Anthony Jaselnik is? Yes, his stuff is so edgy. It's, oh. it's he's the guy where you're laughing, going, "I should not be laughing at this. Right. This is so wrong." Exactly, because he hits you. Is a ninety-year-old man suffering from Alzheimer's, and every single morning at nine a.m., he knocks on my door and he asks me if I have seen his wife, which means. That every single morning at 9 a.m., I have to explain to a 90-year-old man suffering from Alzheimer's that his wife has been dead for quite some time. Now, I have thought about moving. (laughs) I have thought about just not answering my door in the morning. But to be honest, it's worth it just to see the smile on his face. (laughs) (laughs) See? Like, you don't see it coming. No. And that's kind of his whole act right there. It's a lot like that. The delivery is so specifically his, the slow, methodical delivery. And he gives you mental time to see the joke coming, the punchline coming, and you still don't because it's so much darker than where you would ever go. Right. And that's the great thing about Anthony. Is it Giselnik? Giselnik, yes. Giselnik, yeah. He's he's really good. I like Sam Morrow in oh. New York. He does a ton of sports comedy that is okay. very funny. All right, and he's, Sam he's Morrow. M-O-R-O. Yes. Uh, I-L. M-O-R-R-I-L. Oh, oh. More. Okay, got it. All right. So M-O-R-I-L. Best sports joke. Let's see what comes up here. Best of Sam Morrill. Come on, give me a small bite here, YouTube. Don't give me nine minutes, eight minutes, yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, we can't. Minutes. Right, exactly. We need, uh, give me the 30-second joke. All right, let me punch yeah, in Yeah, learn behavior, right? Because you never meet, like, a racist baby. Though I would love to. <laughs> Weird. Just an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny racist. What were his first words? We'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, they were taken out of context. Okay. <laughs> okay, that that's pretty funny right there. What it's, do you think of it, What do you think of Nikki Glazer? Um, dirty and and pretty funny, and it, it helps. It helps Hot. that she's an, attra- that an attractive woman yeah. doing dirty, dirty right. jokes. Here's one more Sam Morrill. Open it up. It says we didn't like her either. <laughs> she sucked. <laughs> They make the easy cards, Hallmark. Happy birthday, happy happy anniversary, the easy-to-articulate cards. It's never a difficult card. Uh, here's, a, here's a card I'd like to see. Just a picture of Darth Vader shrugging. You open it up, it says, turns out I'm not your father. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get the licensing from Star Wars, right, Lucasfilm? I ran into my biological <laughs> father recently. I told my friend, he was like, is your biological father a good person? And I was like, if he were, I probably would not refer to him as my biological father. <laughs> 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 Most people say dad. <laughs> I look exactly like him. I show my friend a picture. He was like, oh my God, it's like you guys were separated at birth. We were. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and he left. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. The best clean a- the best clean comic is Brian Brian Regan. Regan. Without a doubt. So funny. His delivery's great. All the voices he does, the way he sells every joke, and you will. It, that's it's one, amazing. That's you, one yeah. you can watch with your I don't kids. Like raisins either, for sure. Not to the 
Not to the degree of mushrooms. I just don't like raisins. But I'm intrigued when people try to talk me into liking raisins. <laughs> like it's a psychological flaw. <laughs> people love to go, Brian. I'm making a big face. <laughs> Do you like grapes? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like grapes. Wow. <laughs> Raisin. <laughs> Are just dried up A lot of faces there. So uh, yeah. Nikki, Nikki Glazer, for those that don't know who she is, hot blonde, approachable blonde, not like supermodel hot, but definitely hot, 30-something blonde who just talks about sex all the it's time. It's weird. Like, I feel confident most of the time, but there are times where I'm like, huh. Like, the other day I got jealous of a dog's thigh gap. I'm not proud of that. <laughs> like, How does she do it? I have to switch to kibble. I'm just got to do it. Yes. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Anyway, enough of the of the comedians. Let's uh, get a couple things in here before we're done. Uh, Taylor Swift tickets went on sale today. And the Swifties went nuts because the elaborate system by which you could actually get tickets melted down due to overwhelming oh. demand. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, you have what to was... be a, like a fan. You have to prove that you've bought her albums. You have to prove you went oh, to concerts. Man. You got to yeah. be on her mailing list. You get sent yep. a code. Then people's access codes weren't working. Yada, yada, yada. So that's become the big thing in tickets now is the pre-sale 
and you can you want you know they, they don't just go on sale anymore now you have to get the pre-sale but then there's the pre-sale to the pre-sale for the inner circle the people that are in the Taylor Swift premium monthly subscription club right and and they get the pre-sale to the pre-sale and they get the first priority but you still have to go buy it like from Ticketmaster and pay the Ticketmaster upcharge of course right and then the whole thing melts down and you're competing against literally thousands of bots at the same time and they're trying to get around the bots at least a little bit but, but they can't the, I they can't. The bots thing is just, it's a huge problem. Do you huge think, problem. Do you think social media has increased the pressure on getting concert tickets because now people have a way to showcase and prove that they were there to further embellish yeah. their affinity for their favorite acts? For sure. I mean, you know, you're sitting in the first five rows of Taylor Swift and you put that on your phone and you're recording it and they, you you build FOMO, Right. You know, yes. Other people, other people are like It'll be on other people's you know. Facebook page. Oh my God! And their Instagram. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you don't even have to be in the first five rows. You could just right. be and anywhere if, in the stadium. You got to prove that you were there. Now and then, Taylor Swift is five days away from coming to Milwaukee or whatever, right? And she you're ain't in coming here. She's coming to Chicago later I mean, on she, the summer. She's really. She's not even doing Milwaukee. All right, she's coming to Chicago, <laughs> bro. And. She's Taylor Swift. She's selling out stadiums. Right. Why she can sell at a stadium in Milwaukee too, right? Uh, she's she's one of the handful of acts above even Milwaukee. Okay. All right. Point but I mean, is, you know, there's big acts that do come to town. They play uh they play Amfam, the baseball stadium. Well, all right, let's take let we'll take my town. We'll take the Twin Cities. Point is she's in Chicago like two days earlier right. before the Twin Cities, which always happens to our bands. They're either coming from Chicago or they're going to Chicago next. Right. And you see people recording the event and talking about the event and social media and everything. And now you're oh. like, Oh, it's two days from now. I really want to go. So you pull up your ticket, you pick pull up like not Ticketmaster, because that's out of the loop now. You go to one of the ticket reseller sites, Ticket King or whatever. Ticket And you're King. like, okay, now, two days before the event, what's it going to cost you to get good tickets to Taylor Swift? $1,000 a ticket, something like that. But the FOMO gets people get caught up in the FOMO, and they pay it at that point. Yeah. I, was, uh, I, had, I had dreams of going to see her in Vegas this spring for Zabe Vegas in March because she's at oh, yeah. uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium that mm -hmm. Saturday, I want to say, Friday or Saturday. Uh, but of course, I don't. I'm not on her ticket list and everything else. Right. And the other problem is, her new album sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Here. What you gonna do on stage with this? Have one synthesizer and just swing right. around? It's. Okay. It's so overproduced. It's yeah. it feels there. so artificial. Here's another song. Okay, great. All right. Have, all right, here's her one big song, Antihero. That's the only song that's a fully formed song on the actual album. Okay, can't dance to that. Summer went away, still the yearning stays. Yeah, I've heard this one before. He wanted a comfortable, I wanted the pain. He wanted a friend. Okay, great. I mean, <laughs> oh, God. 
Boom, 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 boom. It's almost like, I guess, everyone's trying to chase the vibe of Billie Eilish, who the kids today love. I mean, my daughter well, who's and in Bill- college loves yeah, Bill- Billie Eilish. But Billie, here, okay, here's the, and I know I know Billie Eilish because my daughter's plays, has a couple of Billie Eilish al- albums. Right. Billie, tr- she at least tries different sounds and challenges listeners a little bit. Oh, she does. Taylor Swift is the least challenging music you could ever play. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's so digestible, so just easy to listen that you don't even know you're listening. I know, but the holy trinity of her best albums, Speak Now, Red, 1989, they had actual songs, okay? Songs with a band, with instruments, with drums and, and accompanying instruments and guitars and bass and piano and some string instruments. And it was like a song that had a basic story that did the, you know, uh, verse, co- chorus, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, verse, or chorus, goodbye, three and a half minutes, out the door, solid pop production, make you feel good, make you dance. The shit I just played... <laughs> For a 54-year-old man, what am I going to hang on to? Well, probably nothing. And what happened to her country chops? I mean, didn't she get into this world based she on did. country crossover? Nothing you just played, from what I can tell, going you know through the phone, yeah. sounded like yeah. there was anything left. It was that all a mirage? Was she was she no. never that way really? No, or is she, she just not that <clears throat> person now. She started in country, but then she. Um, did her song Shake It Off, which was her like transition song, meaning I'm going to shake off my country roots and mm. go full pop. Did you ever see the the remake of the movie A Star is Born with Lady Gaga? And, no. Uh, okay. See, now I think you'd appreciate that. Do you watch movies, George? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody likes movies. That was movies. condescending, you asshole. That Sorry, re- I'm just asking, all right? Maybe you didn't like it. Um, yeah, so that was fascinating because it's a remake, by the way, of a movie. Yeah, Chris Christopherson and, and Barbara right. Streisand in the right. maybe like 80, 1980. But in the in the movie, you get to see this sort of awkward tug of how Lady Gaga's you know musical character was pulled by the record label and the forces that be into a poppier, dancier version of what mm. she began as. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, what's his name's uh, Bradley Cooper's love interest didn't think he was authentic, didn't like it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna make more money doing this, but this ain't you. And she was like, well, I gotta go do it, basically. And then, uh, you know, he drank himself to death. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Sorry about that. <laughs> All that right. seems like a that seems like a reasonable outcome in that situation. Sure, yeah. why not? All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to hit before I let you go? Because we've had a good time, and I'm not here to keep you for a long time. Uh, the Packers uh, cut their punt uh, returner Amari Rodgers today, so that's another third-round pick down the drain for Brian Gutekunst. He's pretty much whiffed on the last five third-rounders, and so I'm going to use this charge. Anytime someone says, well, I wouldn't throw an extra third-rounder in for <laughs> yeah, that right, trade. Yeah, right, exactly. I'm yeah, like, why the guys fuck never work not? Out. Yeah, yes, it's not that they, they never, never work out. out. It's that a lot of times they don't work out, and what I think hurts sports fans, especially football fans, is they suffer from anecdotal bias. They remember an anecdote of a third-rounder who was good, and therefore they think all of them are good and going to be good. That hit rate is like 10%. And if you put names to those picks, you go through the third round, and you look at 32 third-round picks, like three are relevant, four are relevant players, and mostly maybe you have one who's a significant player. Most are just like anonymous starters, the ones that are even doing that. And and the majority of third-rounders are out of the league in three years. 
It's just, you know, that's they don't mean that much. But by the way, about Amari Rodgers, remember, they traded up to get him. It wasn't just a third rounder. It was a third rounder and some more change to go get that bump. And a perfect example of the sunk cost fallacy. If you ever need if you ever need an example of the sunk cost fallacy, you can just pull up the career highlights of Amari Rogers and how you can't stop giving time to somebody that you put equity into because you put equity into it, no matter how much it's hurting you. Well, Charge, it's going to be quite a finish for you and the Vikings. Are you still oh. alive in fantasy? Yes. In I, I survived league. a scare. I just survived a scare in the whiskey. Okay. That's, I, I got a good team, but I almost pissed it away with some injuries and some, Did and you, some bye week problems. I, I saw where you said I bid for Jonathan Taylor 20 bucks and I overbid by $19. You yes. got him for a buck. Did you I have the balls... Did you have the balls to start him this past week? I had to, and it was a good thing I did. Wow. He's probably my high-scoring player. We got old Jonathan Taylor back. Oh, one last thing on football before I go. Last week, you were like, hey, anything else about football? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it turns out the Eagles are really good. I was going to make this proclamation about how the Eagles were going to go undefeated. They were going to go 17-0, and and I'm really glad I never actually said that on the podcast. So you felt that. I never felt that. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're not a dominant team. We don't have a Cat 5 super team this year in the NFL. We're not going to have one. The Bills looked Cat 5-ish early, but that's since fallen off. And uh, Kansas City's really good, but they are – they bleed like anyone else. They're human. They, they got beat They got beat by the Colts. Which is inexplicable. But they fucked that game up six ways to Sunday, so. All right. Charge uh, Guillotine Leagues is closed for the year. Uh, you had a lot of good resets midseason. Make sure you play it next year. And in the meantime – Go to guillotineleagues.com every week if you're still in regular fantasy because Charge has his, you know, start, sit. Player rankings. Yeah, player rankings. player rankings. And, They're for and, free. And the wide receiver player rankings this week is going to be a goddamn bloodbath from who's out. <laughs> Am I right? Well, Miami's off, so, you know, you, you got two of the best receivers in the league out right there. And Cooper Cup is out for four weeks, so, yes. yeah. Oh, the tight end. How about this? It, it was already bad. Zach Ertz out. Dallas Goddard out. Good luck finding a tight end. That's a disaster. Yeah. Be like finding a size small pair of panties in Amy Schumer's closet, but that's a mean thing to say. And we always come back to Amy Schumer on the resets. <laughs> Charge, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, buddy. Bye bye. See ya. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.